Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I just really want to unlock my alicorn powers. And I keep a pony head in my fridge. Ooh. Topical. Uh, hey, how are you, friend? I'm fine. I'm fine, I guess. Sorry, I'm actually looking at your room. Uh, is that a fucking uh, record player on the shelf behind you? Uh, it is, and above it is a, a skull from a white-tailed deer that I found in the woods. Oh, I was going to say, was it roadkill, and then you and your now-absentee father decided to uh, taxidermy it, and then he came back three months later, and it was like, where's your mom? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of, like, anytime somebody mentioned acid during the Dahmer thing that we'll review later. Layer? Later. That's our new secret lair alert. Yeah. I keep I kept thinking of uh I don't know if you remember it, but like when we were in college there was like uh well I think uh China, Illinois was on Adult Swim, but like the guy who created that, um the fuck was his name? Brad Neely had a series of like YouTube shorts and one of them was a song about George Washington. And one of the lines in it is, he once held an opponent's wife's hand in a jar of acid at a party. And I kept thinking of that. Uh, that's probably the most obscure reference that has ever been made on this podcast. That's true. Uh, every day we become, every day we stray farther from God's light. If If you're looking for me to make more weird and obscure references to things mostly family guy bits uh you can check us out on movie reviews and 20 cues where we talked about blonde uh everybody's favorite movie uh the my favorite reference that you pulled out was the time where uh peter griffin does his best john wayne gacy impression walking through the forests and jungles of vietnam and says (laughs) you guys are stupid they're gonna be looking for army guys yeah because he was dressed like a clown. <laughs> this is such a dumb <laughs> fucking thing that they do in that show. Uh, you guys are all stupid. They're going to be looking for army guys. Uh, poor Liz. Poor, uh, poor Liz got subjected to us just making dumbass references for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, and then she broke my self-esteem and will to live. So uh, I'd, I'd call it a draw. And I came out relatively unscathed. All right. Uh, speaking of unscathed, let's uh, get into what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. I actually don't have anything. I drank all oh. my beer, and the most recent beverage that I had was uh, milk because I ate a... Uh, 
a sub for dinner with buffalo sauce on it and oh. I drank milk because it calms my stomach down. Yes. Uh, because I'm lucky enough to have the gene that allows me to digest lactose. There you go. That actually might be my pr- overall problem with my heartburn condition is that I don't drink enough milk anymore. Like, I don't drink milk at all. So that that might be the key. Huh. Uh, well, I uh, last week I bought a six dollar wine because it was marked down at my uh, grocery store. So I thought there's no way I could possibly go lower on these prices. My my prices, I just hope, aren't too low. Oh, these obscure references no one gets, except for Nick. Uh, so yeah, I I was walking by because I went, I was going to get eggs because uh, we were we were out of eggs. Went and uh, I walked by uh, what is like the the clearance rack? It's like a fucking shoe rack that they just have in the store that has a bunch of clearance items on it. And this had a manager's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. I can't. I can't stop making references. You said you were going to get eggs, and I very nearly started singing the fucking Gergich family breakfast song from Parks and Rec. Eggs, bacon, and toast. <laughs> God, I wish I could fucking step out of my brain for like ten goddamn minutes. See, that's what therapy and medication are for, and we're far too busy to do either of those things. Oh, I know. Uh, so yeah, I was I was walking uh, by the uh, clearance shoe rack that the the grocery store has, uh, and I found this four dollar dessert wine. So I was like, well, this seems just perfect for the show. Uh, it's fine. It's just incredibly sweet and also very dry on the back end. It's it's just like the weirdest fucking dessert wine. So, uh, you know, cool. Uh, also, it doesn't have like a resealable lid on it. So, uh, I I poured my I poured my one glass. So I'm gonna have is my one glass out of my uh, Nick and Ada shame glass. And I I was like, okay, I can't seal this in a different way because I fucked up the cork. So I just pulled out a mason jar, and now I have jar wine. Sweet. You should have put it into like a target bag, like whenever people were trying to stock up on gas. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> people are fucking stupid, but that's a, that was a good idea. That's a good idea. I should have done that, but uh no, it's just sitting there in a mason jar. So I can't wait to have some jar wine uh tomorrow or whenever I decide to have wine again. They make those wine glasses for poor people that are just like a mason jar with a stem on the bottom. I'm trying I to say think... poor people. What I really mean is rednecks. Uh, yes, rednecks love that shit. Uh, but I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Maybe I'm just more Pennsylvanian than you. That's possible. You're well. You're more middle. Well, Pennsylvanian we're, we're different. Than I am. We're different types of Pennsylvanian. Yes, uh, I'm Pennsylvanian. You're Pittsburgher. Correct. Uh, there are there are three types of Pennsylvanians. There are Pittsburghers, there are Philadelphians, and there are, then there are Pennsylvanians. And that's it. And let's let's be honest. Philadelphians don't really count because they're practically from New Jersey. Yeah, they're, they're basically New Jersey people. Yeah, New Jerseyans are scum. Uh, let's get into some news. Oh shit! It's mail time. 
So, uh, according to our good friend Casey Moore of What's on Netflix, multiple movies at Netflix at various stages of production are no longer moving forward. Uh, we're currently unaware of the scale. Casey didn't like update this this at all. But yeah, so uh, think HBO right tax write offs for what's going on currently at Netflix. Man, I can't believe that they would try to cut costs during a recession. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's that. But like, I, I think the most significant part about it is that it's like Netflix, not, not Netflix. Uh, HBO is seemingly open like this Pandora's box where it's like, hi, we, we are now introducing more and more cost cutting measures for everyone to use. Uh, we've taken the bullet for all of you. So that way, when it keeps happening, people will be less and less outraged. Uh, also, what I think is smart is that Netflix is doing this to things that they haven't shown yet. So now all they do, like like we said it with, uh, what the was it Grundle last week? I think it's Grundle, but uh, I think <laughs> Grundle is better. Uh, like, we, like I said, it was Grundle last week. Where, with with um, perineum. <laughs> uh, with taint. <laughs> with with gooch. <laughs> Uh, like I said, with that that uh, show we talked about last week, instead of having a rabid fan base uh, have their show get canceled, you now just remove the thing in the first place, and that way no one knows it ever existed. Which is better. Yeah, that's probably true. So, uh, might update this later with uh, you know a list of things that were uh shut down but as of now i don't know of any creators that have gone to twitter and complained about this so who knows i, I don't know uh and our final news story is that knives out will be receiving a one week run in amc theaters and regal cinemas for the first time during the american thanksgiving holiday week yeah which uh let's face it it really is the world's thanksgiving it's true. You're you're welcome, world. So, um this is significant because Netflix movies have never been in uh AMC theaters or uh Regal Cinemas theaters ever. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh Nicole Kidman's very excited to watch them. Nicole Kidman's very excited. So, um I saw a lot of people saying like, well, Netflix has to do this for uh, a, an Oscar run. And it's like, no, they don't. They, they've literally been doing this for other Oscar. Like they've been doing a much scaled down production or like release for other Oscar runs they've had. So what are you talking about? So anybody who says they're doing this for an Oscar run, uh, you don't know what, you what you're talking about. Uh, don't pretend like you know anything. You know nothing. Jon Snow. Sure. That's from Game of Thrones. I watched the kid get thrown out the window and just went, cool series finale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I could watch so many memes of that Nicole Kidman AMC thing. Uh, did you see the incredibly relevant Saturday Night Live sketch where they recreated that? I did. Uh, did you see the one where... It was uh, Lady Gaga getting railed out in whatever the fuck movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> like she House just of Gucci. Yeah, just 
fucking watching her get like fully dicked down and just like screaming and Nicole Kidman's just sitting there eating popcorn. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I would do that meme, too. I would also do it for the end of Transformers 2007, where fucking Linkin Park's What I've Done uh, hits right as it cuts the credits, because that is the greatest cinematic transition that's ever happened. Yeah, that's true. I I have no notes. Uh. All right. Well, uh. Uh, Caleb, I, I apologize for the suffering you're about to be uh, afflicted with as we move into downstream and talk about eight fucking trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Our first fucking trailer is for upside down exclamation point K Viva Mexico uh, uh, regular exclamation point. You can't call it a regular exclamation point because that'll make all exclamation yeah, points feel bad. It's gatekeeping and exclusionary. <laughs> can, how many times can we bring in the Mark Rosewater <laughs> meme in the regular uh, conversation? Yeah. Uh, sorry for gatekeeping exclamation points. Uh, every man for himself with uh, an exclamation point with the dot at the bottom. Uh, Luis Estrada is back with his new movie, Que Viva Mexico, on Netflix November 16th. Uh, after his minor grandfather's death, Pancho travels with his wife and kids to his hometown, uh, where chaos ensues and his relatives, with his relatives, over the inheritance. The uh, syntax of that sentence was really weird, and it makes me feel like they Google translated it from Spanish. Honestly. Sounds like Netflix. Yeah. Poncho travels with his wife and kids to his hometown. It's not it's not how that sentence should be structured. Uh no. trailer looks good. Trailer looks pretty cool. Yeah. Looks like it's got some action beats and it's like a heist and it's like dealing with your family and uh all the good things. You know, it it reminded me a lot of arrested development, like early season arrested development stuff where you know, you have the family golden child who shows back up to uh, deal with his family one more time and get the fuck out of Dodge, but he just keeps getting pulled back into their shit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this actually probably. Uh, I'm looking through this really quickly before I say this for sure. Uh, yes, this looks like the best thing uh, that we will uh, watch of this group. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd say so. I don't know. Some of them are, some of them some are, of them are there. like, yeah, they seem okay, like yeah. good to okay, but like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, we have so many trailers this week, but like, it's because you know we just had a bunch of good ones. Yeah, or or at least like notable. I wouldn't like not all of these are good trailers. We're going to talk about one. Uh soon enough that is definitely going to be not for a good movie but it's notable yeah um i don't know for me this next one was probably the one i'm least interested in but that's i don't know it's not really my vibe i guess uh it's the trailer for the wonder uh starring florence Pugh and based on the book by emily donahue writer of room uh that's not the that's not the the meme movie it's the one where uh they have to get out of a room like, yes 
It's a movie that has an actual room in it instead of the room, which is like guys playing football on a roof. The Wonder is the tale of a young Irish girl, Anna O'Donnell, whose Catholic family claims she has eaten nothing since her 11th birthday four months ago. Uh, and that she survives on manna from heaven. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's the entire explanation. Oh, uh, it doesn't mention that, that they have fucking Florence Pugh in this movie. Yeah, it said starring Florence Pugh and based on the book by Emma Donahue, oh, writer yeah, I guess of Room. I was going to say, because like, if you don't have the SEO of Florence Pugh after the uh, Don't Worry Darling drama that's been going on, uh, bad Netflix. Uh, this looks okay. I don't know. It's, it gives horror vibes, but also just seems like nothing's going to happen for two hours. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I guess one of those things that, like, it seems scary because it's about religion and, like, I don't, I don't know. It adds a, lo- a level of creepiness to it because it's like, oh, I believe in this so much. And if you say that this isn't what's happening... I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, how dare they bring in an English nurse to fix our child? And it's like, uh, okay. Sure. Uh, I'm sure Gerald would love this, but uh, this just so far looks fine. Yeah. All right. Um, next up is the trailer for Oni, Thunder God's Tale. In a world filled with Japanese mythological oddball gods and monsters, one of the creature's free-spirited daughters, Onari, is determined to follow in the footsteps of the mighty heroes of lore, but her unique powers are yet to be revealed. Does she have what it takes to protect her peaceful village from the encroaching threat of the gods' mysterious enemies, the Oni? In a mythical world of Japanese gods and spirits, a courageous girl strives to follow in her mysterious father's footsteps and find her true powers. this is uh, a kid's show. It has an interesting animation style. Yeah, it's kind of stop motion, but kind of yeah. not. Uh, and it's it's all about Kami and uh, various spirits. Like Kami of yeah, the Crescent the, Moon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess visually the closest thing I compare it to is... Um, Yoshi's Woolly World, if you remember that game, which was uh, a Yoshi game where Yoshi was like a plush knitted toy. Yeah, that yeah, that game had a very weird aesthetic, but yeah, I, I can see that. We have Yoshi's Crafted World, Yoshi's Crappy World. <laughs> That's from uh, video game Donkey Video. Fucking Nintendo. But yeah, this looks uh, this looks cool. Looks like a kid's movie, though, so it looks like pretty formulaic. Like her, she's going to unlock her powers, and they're going to be the exact yeah, power the set they hour, need yep. to to win the day. I call that doing a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I call that so, that a what's up danger. <laughs> I call it doing a Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Tron. <laughs> Wow, fuck Tron. Alright, uh, next up is the trailer for Slumberland. Welcome to Slumberland, the world of dreams. Uh, Jason Momoa plays Flip, an eccentric outlaw on a mission to help a young girl 
Marlo Barkley travel through dreams and flee nightmares in hopes of reuniting with her father. From the director of The Hunger Games, Catching Fire and Mockingjay, uh, Hunger Games colon Catching Fire and Mockingjay, not the not all three. Uh, Slumberland comes to Netflix on November 18th. Joined by a larger-than-life outlaw, daring young orphan journeys through a land of dreams to find a precious pearl that will grant her greatest wish. Uh, I can't wait to see Jason Momoa fight Morpheus. <laughs> uh, yes, that that actually would be amazing if they did a crossover there. But actually, what this is based on is a fucking newspaper comic strip from like the 1920s and 30s called Little Nemo uh, about a boy who travels through the world of dreams. Uh, I know this because one of my favorite uh, games for the Nintendo Entertainment System when I was growing up is called Little Nemo the Dream Master, which is based on this old ass fucking comic strip, which apparently is like wildly popular in Japan. And has like multiple anime series based on it. Interesting. I never would have guessed that. The NES game is badass, though. It's a really good game. You know, uh, relative to the time that it was released. Well, yes, of course. Not every game can be Cyberpunk 2077, Chum. <laughs> I'm going to fucking zero this corpo. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think of Slumberland? Yeah, this looks fine. Uh, looks looks like it could be fun. Like it's probably just gonna yeah. be like a fun, stupid little thing that goes in the exact direction of uh, they go on this great adventure because she wants to like see her dad one more time or uh, wish her dad back to life. Uh, she comes to term with the fact that she can't do that over the uh, course of the adventure. Uh, it but still says goodbye to him in some odd way. Uh, and then uses her wish to restore something that was lost during the journey. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for it to have the exact same aesthetic as Inception, fucking Sandman, all all the dream things. All dreams look the same. Uh, fucking Doctor Strange. Yeah. Could uh, be much lower budget, though, because yeah. uh, th- those effects don't look great. No, I actually I actually think that this looks fun and I'm here for it. Yes, uh, I'm fine with fun. Right, maybe uh, maybe we'll review this and then on the back half of it, we'll review the NES game. We've never done. No, we we've done exactly one video game review on this show. Video game. I can't remember what video Stranger game Things. Was. Oh, that's right. Which one? Hey, uh, was it the the one where it's model off of season three? Yes, it was a fun game. I should go back to it was that a game. fun game. That game was fun. I never finished it. I got stuck I on one either. of the boss fights because it's it's actually difficult. I should play Pizza Boy. Let's let's fuck it. Let's review Pizza Boy. <laughs> fuck it. Let's review Paper Boy. Ooh, that's what I really meant was Paper Boy. Fuck it. Let's just watch the Super Mario Brothers movie and talk about how it's literally just Chris Pratt's voice. I don't care. Anybody expecting anything other than Chris Pratt's voice <laughs> was wrong the whole time. It doesn't matter how much he was like, what you've heard from me has never been heard before. 
Uh, I'm sorry, everybody, but everybody who bought that is an idiot. The other the other way that they could have gone with it is to go full pizza ghost and been like, that's a pretty racist about a boopy. Uh, yes, it could have gone pizza ghost, but uh, then everyone would be complaining about that. So it's either complain about yeah. the person they've already been complaining about existing in the first place or go in a completely new direction and have people complain about that. Uh, we're getting off on too much of a tangent, but like I did watch uh, a quote unquote fixed video of the trailer on Reddit where somebody replaced it with like uh, an over the top Italian voice and people were like raving about how good it was. And I watched it and I was like, this is just really racist. Yeah, because <laughs> he was like, mamma mia, I've been to my spaghetti. But don't worry, Caleb, it's fixed. Uh, is it, though? Slumberland. Catch the wave. Uh, the next trailer is for Falling for Christmas, starring Lindsay Lohan. A newly engaged, spoiled hotel heiress, Lindsay Lohan, gets into a skiing accident, uh, i.e. falls backwards off of a mountain. Yep. Suffers from total amnesia. Total, you know, she doesn't know how to, like, feed herself and and use the bathroom and stuff. Uh, no, that's not what that means. She just she get, uh, she has muscle memory still. Uh, she finds herself in the care of a handsome blue collar lodge owner, Cord Overstreet, an actual human's name, and his <laughs> precocious daughter in the days leading up to Christmas. After losing her memory in a skiing accident, a spoiled heiress lands in the cozy care of a down-on-his-luck widower and his daughter at Christmas time. Oh my god. Uh, if there's any recipe for true love, it's uh, being landing in the cozy care of a down-on-his-luck widower and his daughter at Christmas time. I mean, yes. Uh, what did you think? This is a Hallmark movie. This is the, the exact genre that Netflix is trying to corner on christmas time uh this she's gonna choose the lodge owner i'm sorry everybody this is just how it's gonna work it, it always works like this yeah yeah because uh she already has money so she doesn't need to marry the rich guy uh and the the lodge owner has the one thing that she's never had uh a happy home life yes and then she screams at a raccoon and falls over a lounge chair. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is going to be awful. Uh, I'm going to watch it a million times. Yeah. But, you know, Lindsay Lohan's back. She got through her uh, trials and tribulations and, like, uh, doesn't look like she's on drugs and didn't mess herself up with plastic surgery, so. Yeah, she looks fine. All right. Uh, next trailer is for Is That Black Enough For You? How did one decade change American cinema and culture forever? Elvis Mitchell explores the history of black representation and the cultural impact of witnessing unapologetic blackness. Uh, from celebrated writer and film historian Elvis Mitchell, Is That Black Enough For You? is both a documentary and a deeply personal essay. 
The film examines the craft and power of cinema from a perspective often overlooked, the African-American contribution to films released from the landmark era of the 70s. It's a deep dive into the impact that point of view had on movies as well as popular culture and serves as a love letter to film, posing questions that have never been asked, let alone answered. Uh, And then there's a list of all the people that are in it, uh, which I'm not going to read. Uh, if I don't see Rudy Ray, Rudy Ray Moore up on that screen, I will be very upset. That's true. That's all I have to say. No, uh, I think it's like straw. I think this looks like a, a cool deep dive into the 1970s, like black explosion area era where uh, black stars are more up on the screen and more like characters and caricatures or uh, relegated to, you know, fairly racist roles yeah no it looks great i don't know i'll uh i'll watch billy d williams talk about billy d williams uh (laughs) as much as they want me to so yeah yeah that's terry loves a narcissist (laughs) uh next trailer is for blockbuster uh, after learning he is managing the last block blockbuster video in America, uh, Timmy and his employees fight to stay afloat. Blockbuster season one starring Randall Park and Melissa Fumero premieres November 3rd, only on Netflix. At the last remaining blockbuster, a hardworking manager fights to keep his video store open and staff happy amid competition and complicated feelings. Uh, so this is Netflix picking over the bones of its kill. Yes. Yes. That I mean, yes, that's that's it. <laughs> uh, boy, does this look unfunny. Yeah, it's uh looks to be kind of on par with uh uh Space Force. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, know. I, yeah. It, like, I, I just don't know what's going on with Netflix and sitcoms. Like, just for some reason, it it's not working. Like, I I can't think of one sitcom aside from The Ranch with Ashton Kutcher and Rapist Man. Uh, yeah, man who will not be named. Yeah, uh, that's probably that's the longest running sitcom they've had, and that went like six seasons, I think. Yeah. But aside from that, like, there's been nothing. And and the best one that they had was One Day at a Time, and then they canceled it. Yes, that's true. And then it went to Pop TV, and I have no idea what's going on with the show anymore. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, as I say on my show Hollywood stars and celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, man, it's not looking good. Uh, nope. Season four was seven episodes and came out in 2020 and there's been nothing since. Oh, on November 24th, pop canceled the series after the fourth season, but announced that Sony pictures TV We'll be shopping the series uh, for other outlets. However, on December 8th, it was revealed that they're unable to find a new home for the series. So the show is dead. God damn it. 
that's upsetting, but um, I don't yeah. know. I feel like if uh, the biggest network on uh, or biggest network in the world uh, can't make it work, then it probably is going to go elsewhere and still not work. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking about picking over the bones of dead things, uh, our last trailer this week is for the Wednesday Adams show, which I guess is just called Wednesday or possibly Wednesday Adams. It's the Wednesday Adams show starring Wednesday Adams. New characters are revealed in the official trailer for Wednesday. Uh, I'm glad they tell me that in the description. Uh, Cause I did see the characters, uh, an upcoming Netflix series from the imagination of Tim Burton. Uh Oh, uh, Wednesday, starring <laughs> Jenna Ortega in the title role, along with Catherine Zeta-Jones, Louis Guzman, Gwendolyn Christie, Christina Ricci, and more, is a sleuthing, supernaturally-infused mystery charting Wednesday Adams' years as a student at Nevermore Academy. Snap, snap. I like that they got Christina Ricci back for this. I do, too. Man. Christina Ricci was, like, top childhood crush for me. Sure. This looks fine. Like, uh, I know a lot of people are excited about it. Uh, it's still, like, seemingly going to be a popular show. I think it was, like, what, almost six million? Uh, no, this came out yesterday. There's almost two and a half million views on this trailer already, which uh, mm-hmm. is a lot. So, yeah, uh, this will probably do great numbers. I'll probably check it out at some point. But, like, this isn't going to be, like, high up on the list for us to watch. I don't know. I kind of love Louis Guzman as Gomez. It's kind of great casting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the secret character that they didn't want to immediately reveal is Fred Armisen as Uncle Fester. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. They did it. That would have been pretty funny if they got Christina Ricci to come back because uh, she was, you know, Wednesday Adams in the the movies with Raul Julia. But uh, it would have been funny if they got her to come back for this, but they cast her as cousin it. So she just had a wig over her face the entire time. That would be pretty fantastic, honestly. It'd be really it'd be a really good joke. I think they got her as that one teacher that they were showing at the end of the because I, I don't remember what fucking Christina Ricci yep. looks like. So I, I think that's her. Uh, also, Gwendolyn Christie's in this show, which you said, and uh, surprising. I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected her to be in this show either. But uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like she's uh, doing pretty good with Netflix. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she. I didn't. I don't think I saw her in the trailer. Maybe she plays Satan. I hope so. I hope she's just Netflix's Satan from now yeah. on. Be pretty good. I don't know. I'll watch it. I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, the schedule's already fucking loaded as it is. Like, I don't know when we'll be able to watch it. I mean, we could always tell Enola Holmes 2 to fuck itself, but I don't know. Or we could uh, double it up with Enola Holmes, do a girl power episode. Uh, well, because this comes out Actually, no, this comes out November 23rd, uh, which that's the Thanksgiving holiday, the American Thanksgiving holiday, and we have nothing for them. So it's up to you. We could absolutely 100% do it for that week that comes out on a Wednesday. That's right. Hey, marketing. 
So, you know, it would just be me driving eight hours to Pittsburgh, uh, watching it on Thanksgivings, on the Thanksgivings, this, and then, uh, you know, driving back. And then doing this show because uh, dedication uh, and it's not dedication. It's mental illness. Yes. Uh, that's it for this trailer. Anything for quick hits for you? Vanessa and I watched some Halloween themed episodes of Nailed It. Uh, oh. They did a bunch that were like Netflix tie ins. So they did one that was The Witcher, and they had to make, like, a Geralt in a bathtub cake, uh, which was hysterical because (laughs) everybody was very bad at it. That's, yeah, that's great. Uh, They did a Cobra Kai-themed one where they had to do a cake that, like, the top of it had a scene where, like, Miguel goes to the school dance dressed as, like, the skeleton, and Kyler beats the shit out of him in the locker room, uh, which was also very awkward. But, like, the fun part of that was, like, they actually had Mary Mauser come on to be a guest judge for it. Yeah. I don't know. There were a couple other ones. There was, uh, they did one for the Umbrella Academy, which I felt nothing for. Correct. I think that they have at some point. Oh. But they, so this would be something more recent than Bridgerton? Oh, they did Slime Time. Which I think is like a that's family game show on Netflix. Maybe. No, that's Nickelodeon. Oh, maybe maybe they just did three and then the next one was like, you have to cook slimy things. I don't fucking know. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Cool. But yeah, they made like a an alien cake that like you had to cut it open and like stuff would ooze out of it. Uh and the one person like had no idea what the fuck they were doing. So they it it was it was actually pretty amazing. Uh I love this show. This show's great. Remember that one season got canceled because the, the fucking crew went on strike? I think I do remember that. What a time. Yeah, apparently like season seven of nailed it is just the three Netflix tie in ones. And then an episode called slime time, which was why I was confused that it's not a Netflix thing. Huh? Well, I I remember, I don't, and I don't remember the, the nailed it production crew strike thing happening. uh, And I don't remember like the specifics, but like, I remember it happening. So I think they were doing like a bunch of, episodes for like their Halloween tie-in thing and they were going to be Netflix shows but then the crew walked off the set after like well seemingly four episodes and then just there was like well this is it this is the season and potentially the entire show great but I don't know for sure I don't really keep up with the nailed it so it could be back they could be doing more shows or more seasons uh, yeah, that's it, though. So. OK, then uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about our main view topic for the week, which is Dahmer uh, colon monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, 
Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prazula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Delarosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahe Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash netflixandswill. Or, if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend, or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now, back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get a main new topic for the week. Dahmer, colon, monster, colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. The actual title, according to IMDb, is Dahmer dash monster, colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. You know, it'd be infinitely catchier is just monster, colon, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. And then if Netflix, Netflix wanted to franchise this, they could just be, you know, uh, monster colon, uh, the, the Ed Gein story or whatever. That's true. Gacy monster. The John Wayne story. <laughs> and it's just, it's all it is, is just, uh, the entire runtime of the, the movie John Wayne was Attila the Hun. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Um, anyway, this is a, I guess, a biography, crime drama yeah. series. Uh, story of the Milwaukee monster told from the perspective of the victims in police incompetence that allowed the Wisconsin native to go on a multi-year killing spree. Uh, so 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, currently sitting at the number one spot on IMDb. Uh, this is 10 episodes of a show that I watched half of. Um, uh, and I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Time constraints. Not yes. really my wheelhouse. Yes. I, I didn't expect to be crazy about this. Um, I do have thoughts and feelings about it, but it's always nice whenever Nisi Nash shows up in something. That's true. Nisi Nash should be in everything Netflix does ever. Yeah. Also, Molly Ringwald is in this. Yeah, that was probably the most surprising thing I've seen. Uh, although, apparently, she's been in three other Netflix things. Uh, that being The Kissing Booth, The Kissing Booth 2, and The Kissing Booth 3. Yeah. Uh, also, I got to see Quicksilver play Jeffrey Dahmer. So. And do a, a fantastic Uper accent. Yeah. Oh, he's... He's just my gay boyfriend. You don't got to worry about it. You want to crack back a couple of brewskis? You want to crack back a couple of cold ones and then have some gay sex? I. <laughs> There's unintentional comedy in this show because of that accent. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I just got out of the car, Dad. <laughs> you know, geez, get off my nards. So we joke, but like, what did, what did you actually think of this so that I can kind of speak my piece on it? Okay. So I saw, I watched all 10 episodes and the first five 
are very centered around the Jeffrey Dahmerness. Like I think the mm-hmm. first episode is like a really good tone setter. And despite how grimy and dirty and filthy I felt watching this show, because uh, it's a very grimy and dirty and filthy show. Obviously, quality behind it. Like there's like this is probably the best thing Ryan Murphy has done that I like because I don't like Ryan Murphy. I don't like a single fucking thing he's ever done. This is like the first thing. So like all those things aside. And the quality being there, this is still just not a show for me, even though I watched all 10 episodes of it, because like I do not like the glorification of serial killers that seemingly has come into culture for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, I'm very conflicted about how I feel about it, because like while it is a quality show. And I was invested in parts of it, I don't agree with half of it existing yeah um and that's the thing like the the beginning of the show like it's it's so much about the the crimes and the crazy crazy shit that jeffrey dahmer did for a long fucking time Mm -hmm. um to the point of like like feeling voyeuristic like it's basically like informative murder porn yeah it's like i i felt gross watching it because i was like uh, and that's and that's what i've heard is like towards the back half of the show they kind of give you more like perspective on the victims and like what mm-hmm. um you know the other side of it but it's like it it was a decision at some point right to like lean into this is you know we're gonna ride along with this horrible killer and he's gonna be for lack of a better word the hero of the thing Mm -hmm. for you know the first several episodes um i don't know i don't get people's obsession with serial killers i don't get like i'm kind of just tired of seeing stuff about Jeffrey Dahmer in particular. Cause this yeah. is like the eighth fucking Jeffrey Dahmer thing that we've gotten in like two years. Yes, that's correct. I don't know. I, I understand that like it's one of the most famous slash notorious, uh, serial killer cases ever, but like, um, still, I don't know. I, like I said, that's never really been my particular wheelhouse. Uh, I, I suppose it's fine for people who like it. Yes. And I mean, this is the most popular new show on Netflix. Uh, Like this is going to eclipse everything that has come out this year uh, in terms of hours viewed, uh, which uh, considering the, the latter part of the show, which then begins focusing on the victims and their families and the fallout of the, the Dahmer trial uh, is actually kind of what the show winds up being about. Like I, I maintain that the final six or the final five episodes are actually probably the more important episodes and probably should have just been the entire show because I mean, episode six, I believe, is all about the uh, 
black gay and deaf man that uh jeffrey dahmer uh lures into a pseudo relationship and then uh still murders anyway and uh like he's probably the most fleshed out of all the dahmer victims which is an interesting take. Like if you wanted to flesh out all the Dahmer victims, I would have been fine with that. I think that would have been a much better approach to everything as opposed to just, you know, hi, here's Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a kid who kind of had a fucked up childhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so now he kills and it's like, "Eh, I don't, it's not why he's killing. He's doing different things for different reasons. But uh, then it progresses through, time we get to the trial we get to see all the family's reactions or some of the family's reactions to the trials like the ones who were all highlighted um and then it's kind of like the fallout afterwards uh there's one of the killings i'm actually fine with them showing is the one with the uh the 14 year old boy who the police basically gift wrapped back to jeffrey dahmer Mm-hmm. because that's important because that shows the cops were aware that some shit was going on aside from Nisi Nash just calling constantly uh, and that uh, they had every opportunity to stop it and they didn't and therefore they should be held culpable uh, and as we see later in the show uh, they were not held culpable there was no culpability whatsoever and in fact the two officers were awarded officer of the year who watches the Watchmen? Uh, yes. So, yeah. So, like, it's that that episode's very much an indictment on the police system and how, even when uh you want the chief of police to do something about these bad cops, the police union exists in order to protect the bad cops, and therefore nothing happens. And that's the thing, like what I was kind of hinting at a little bit ago is that like, I don't know. He, he preyed on like gay men in particular. I don't know how mm-hmm. sincere he was in like being a part of that like community, but like he, like the reason the police didn't get involved further is because he like hid behind that and was like, I'm, I'm a gay man and this is my gay boyfriend and the cops were like, that's icky, we're leaving. Yeah, they were just homophobic enough to just not give a shit. And they were just yes. like, oh, this seems fine, I'm just gonna let this alone. So, like, that that's yeah, don't, something... Don't go in the bedroom there, you'll see a bunch of gay stuff, like my barrel of acid. Don't, don't see the dick that I got hanging out on this guy who's just laying on the floor. Dead. But... Jesus so, Christ. Like, so, like, if the show was talking about the police's failings, the the what happens to these families afterwards? Because, like, uh, the family of the boy of the fourteen year old boy sues the the city, uh, and they're suing for ten million. So, uh, the cops start fucking harassing the family and calling them very racist shit, telling them to go back to their country and shit. Like, that's more interesting uh what happens with niecy nash's character i say character uh as in real person um glenda call uh glenda oh i can't remember her her full name it's uh glenda her name is just glenda uh but like what happens to her how she feels you know cleveland glenda cleveland that's it uh and it was a c so like what 
happens with her afterwards because she has to continue going on living as do everybody else who lived in that building, you know, where all the murders take place. How, how, what happens to them? Uh, the fact that no one listened to her, uh, you know, uh, Reverend Jackson shows up and is like, hey, you know, tell me what happened. Like, tell me more about what happened. Like, and she recounts like all these times that she called the police and the police are just like, ma'am, stop calling. You, you know, it's a, bo- a boy cried who cried wolf situation going on right now. Like, how are we supposed to know when there's an actual emergency? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, the fact that you just don't, I don't know, it, it just. It shines the police in a very negative light. And again, if the f- the show just focused on all this shit, as opposed to Jeffrey Dahmer murdering people for five episodes, I'd be much more receptive to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like I'm a it's like I'm a voyeur who's like being entertained by these gruesome murders. Right. And I don't like that. And I didn't want to push through it to get to what is ostensibly the better part of the show. Yes. Although interestingly enough, I believe the second half of the show is lower rated. So I don't know if that's like, you know, serial killer gang forever. Just being like, I just want to watch murderers and shit. Now, but like, I want to see the, the everything happen to everybody afterwards, because that's more interesting. I'm sorry. Uh, watching a, a guy kill people the exact same way for five episodes is not interesting. So, so what I thought I'd do was because uh, the inside of the bones were too wet for me to smash up. So I thought I'd put the bones in the oven and then bake the bones and then crush them up into a powder, you know? <laughs> uh, fuck. So, like, <laughs> I actually think the first episode is like a- enough Dahmer. Like you don't need any more Dahmer outside of that killing people or like attempting to kill people. Having Tracy escape from Jeffrey Dahmer and then mm-hmm. them just finding all this shit, I think is the perfect gateway into the rest of the show. And then you have that Niecy Nash episode where she's recounting all of these events to Reverend Jackson. And that's where you hear all the you don't see anything. But you hear all this shit and you recount yes. the story of the, the boy getting fed back to Dahmer by the police. That's a much more interesting lens than what I got for the first five episodes. Yeah. And also, like. I assume that it's not their intent, but in going back and saying, like, and this is the fucked up thing that happened to him when he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And this is the fucked up thing that happened to him when he was 17 years old. Uh, and this is him developing a drinking problem. And like doing all of that is casting him in a sympathetic light. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. No. And he didn't want that. He made that like they go over that many times. He's just like, yep, I killed all those people. I should be dead because of it. Like, I am fucked up in the head. Please kill me. And of course, Wisconsin doesn't have the death penalty, so he has to go to prison for life. But still, like, and and that's actually something that I have, like, I'm having a hard time reconciling in my head with the person himself, because, like, it's fucked up that he killed 17 people. But the fact that he owned up to it 
said he did it to all like he killed all these people and left nothing ambiguous for these families to worry about for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. It's not like a good thing he did. And it's not. No, it's like it's a positive thing. I see. I see what you're saying, but like it. It's not like it came from a place of altruism, right? No. Like it's just, he was just like, yeah, I did it and you caught me. Fuck it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It, like it's that was, to... that was like almost part of his pathology at that point. He was like, I need you to understand me and like, I need you to see the things that I've done because yeah. like I can't kill anymore because you got me. But what I can do uh, is like, revel in the killing that i've already completed sure so yeah uh that that's something i reckon i like it's an it's not noble it's not a good thing that he did but like it's interesting i guess like i i guess if you take it on surface level i could see spinning it into a positive thing but like you said it's definitely something that he's potentially just posturing and saying yep i killed 17 people before you caught me good job mm-hmm. uh so so yeah i don't have anything else really to say about the show i like i said i think i think if you watch the first episode and then skip to episode six and then watch from there i i think you get plenty of plenty of background on uh the the jeffrey dahmer stuff and you also skip past all of the Hi, look at potentially why this kid is fucked up. Yeah, which coincidentally, uh, episodes one and six are the highest rated on IMDb. So, yeah. So that's my recommendation. If you uh, choose to watch Dahmer is just do do that. Skip skip four episodes. Save yourself about four hours of time. Uh, the whole time I just wanted his his dad to go. Get out of the backyard and stop being a goddamn serial killer. I don't know that reference. Uh, quit being a goddamn dinosaur. I still don't know uh, that reference. It's the dad from Step Brothers. Oh, that is. You're right. Richard Jenkins is in Step Brothers. I just. I have not watched Step Brothers in a long fucking time. All I know is the goddamn Catalina wine mixer. It's the goddamn Catalina wine mixer. Uh, so that's it. What would you rate Dahmer dash monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story? Such an off title. Like two and a half. Like it's like, like I said, it's made well. It just focuses on the wrong thing for too long. And when it gets to the correct thing to focus on, you're like Caleb and probably have dropped off the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know I know that I did drop off. Like I might I may go back and, you know, finish the rest of it cuz this is something that my wife and I can watch together too cuz she's into the true crime thing. Um But I mean, uh it it is very well put together is the thing like from a technical aspect, mm-hmm. like I think this is pretty good. Yes. Um I don't know. Two and a half just kind of feels low. I was going to go three. Yeah. And that's. That's the thing is like, I'm I'm trying to rate it as like, uh, I'm trying to be as 
objective as possible when I rate it. But there's also like the filthiness factor. And like you were talking about the voyeurism factor that is just. It just kind of draws away from any like a a, a lot of positive thoughts I have about the show. Like I also think uh, what the fuck is Quicksilver is pretty good in in the show as as, uh, you know, serial killer dude. So like, yeah. Oh, look at me. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm going to go to go go kill some people while wearing my Dick the Birthday Boy (sighs) T-shirt. Oh, we love Dahmer. Uh, We don't. Uh, Another 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 Milwaukee icon. uh, Rich Evans. That's very true. All right. uh, Let's move into the uh, hilarious half of our reviews uh, where we talk about uh, my little pony. Oh, make wait. your mark. I, oh, I wanted Christ. to say um, in summary, uh, Dahmer is a show about uh, a man whose life is ruined by the one who got away. Yes, yeah, technically true. <laughs> it's technically true. That's technically true. All right. Uh, now let's move into uh, the light portion of our episode uh, where we will talk about my Little Pony, Make Your Mark, uh, seasons one and two, I guess. Yeah. Uh, inside you, there are two wolves. One is Jeffrey Dahmer and one is My Little Pony. Uh, My Little Pony, colon, Make Your Mark, is uh, a show about the adventures of Sunny Star Scout and her friends after the events depicted in the film uh, My Little Pony, A New Beginning. Uh, so we have Jenna Warren as Sunny Star Scout, Matrei Ramakrishnan as Zip Storm, uh, JJ Gerber as Hitch Trailblazer, Anasani as Izzy Moonbow, uh, AJ Bridal, appropriate last name, as Pip Petals, Rob Tinkler as Sparky Sparkaroni. Some of these pony names are just, just untenable. Yep. Uh, I don't know. It's uh it's a My Little Pony show. It's light and cute and funny and it's for children. Uh what do you think? The the main thing I have to complain about is that I wish that the voice cast sounded more like the people who were in the movie. Like uh the guy they have playing the the fucking town sheriff Sounds nothing like James Marsden at all. And uh, it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. They changed the entire uh, entire cast, pretty much. Yeah. Um, man, Jane Krakowski was in the in the movie. Yep. Uh, that's the, the as the as the Pegasus Queen. And that's actually yeah. like the perfect Jane Krakowski role. Uh, but like, there was no way they could afford every single person they got for the movie to come back for the series. There's just, it's just not possible. All of them are like mm-hmm. A-list actors who would need like way too much money to do it. So they downgrade a bit. Uh, notably, Matrei Ramakrishnan is uh, voices Zip in the show, which like that was the closest voice to anything, and it still wasn't even that close. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, otherwise, it's a children's show. Uh, they they have, although it's very interesting because like it's a narrative children's show, 
So like, I wonder if this is like the, you know, six to nine age range kind of show where it's like, we're sort of graduating you from like the uh, serialized versions of like blues clues and like Arthur and that kind of shit to like uh, avatar, the last airbender. I mean, the prior series to this, uh, my little pony friendship is magic also had like long story arcs. The unfortunate other thing that it also had was a bunch of adult men who were like uh, weird sex perverts in regards to it. Uh, which this show doesn't seem to have in as high abundance. No. Uh, I mean, it's this a similar style to the movie, uh, but obviously downgraded because they don't have like the significant production budget, which is fine. I mean, I'm not going to like complain and say, hey, uh, you didn't get everything back. Uh, everything looks uh, worse. Uh, yeah. How could you? I understand why everything is the way it is. Yeah, I don't know. It uh, it consistently impresses me how like we've reached a point with CG animation that like we can make seasons of a thing instead of taking four years to make a movie. We can do like entire seasons of a show because like, yeah, you know, once you build the assets, then like you just have it and the rest is just like animations, uh, which like there's, there's a lot of, tools to assist with that now and like it's i don't know it's it's impressive like not in this in particular just like as a thing industry-wide i guess right it's like there's been a lot of uh like cg movies that then they make you know like series out of boss baby uh how to train your dragon others Ice Age? Was there an Ice Age series? Mm, there were a bunch of short films, I think. I don't yeah. know. Uh, also, they did that My Little Pony one. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really have, like, any real critiques or criticism. Like, any anything, like, any analysis for the show it doesn't really exist. I will say it is strange that the black-coated pony is uh, actually the main villain's underling? And she was like a midnight blue. Well, what a, and this is uh, what will potentially get me in trouble, but her hairstyle is very, like, what I would consider to be black. I guess that's true. Yeah, oh, shit, because, yeah, I'm looking at a a picture of it now and like one side of it appears to be corn road. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be a black character. I don't know about, uh, Opalina. Is that, is that the, the main, the, the Alicorn's name? Uh, yes. Or something close to that. But like, I, I don't know what she's like, if she's also coded as black, I don't think so. Because that would be a, a horrendous look to have uh, the main villain and the villain's lackey to be black. That doesn't 
seem okay when none of the other characters are coded that way either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there is any sort of intent there. I think that yeah. they're just horses. I mean, that's I mean, that could be true. I I just, you know, I needed something, Caleb. I needed something to grasp onto and I was just like, huh, it's interesting. <laughs> But yeah, that's, I don't know. That's I could, the only thing I, I had. could whip up a a communist diatribe about it. Go for it. Nah. I just I need to find that Thomas the Tank Engine review that I did because I need to listen to it as like a daily affirmation of like how fucking funny I actually am. Yeah. Uh, if you remember what episode that was, I probably still have the completed audio. I'll think about it. Okay. So, yeah, uh, anything you want to say about the show? Uh, I guess we can briefly talk about like what the story actually is. So, like. In the movie, they had to, like, collect three magic crystals, one from each variety of pony, uh, because there's earth ponies, which are just, you know, ponies. regular people walking around. Yeah. Uh, there's unicorns and then there's Pegasi. Uh, it's like each one had a magic crystal. They all lived separately and all hated each other. Uh, so the movie was about like how racism's bad. Uh, they put all the crystals together. Magic came back to the land of Equestria. Uh, and like that's like just in this, like all the main characters, uh, that's M-A-N-E characters uh, because horse puns. Um, live in like a lighthouse where the crystals are, but like, because they still are a bit racist, they like magic, the magic is shorting out because they don't trust each other. Yep. Uh, so like the first episode is them solving that problem. Uh, so just leads straight out of the movie and sets up like what the show is going to be. Um, and also establishes that like now, Earth ponies have magic because they can uh, do stuff with plants because Earth ponies were always like, you know, uh, pun partially intended the workhorses and would do farming and stuff. Yep. Uh, So like, uh, you know, the Earth ponies and the and the Pegasi and stuff, it was a real ant and the grasshopper uh, grasshopper parable type thing so uh but the earth ponies kept everybody fed until uh the pegasus nation attacked (laughs) yeah uh and then at the end of the episode with the uh where they deal with racism is when uh opalina and misty her hench horse uh show up and they're like all right the magic's back now we're gonna fucking steal it Mm mm-hmm yeah, and then obviously, like the the hench pony is gonna be, uh, become a good guy through the power of friendship, and that's where she's gonna get her cutie mark. Yeah, because that's all she ever wanted is a cutie mark, and that's why she's helping Opalina because she Opalina's promised to give her a cutie mark. Yeah, and uh, a cutie mark is uh, a little. <laughs> stamp uh, a personalized design sort of like a tattoo that shows up on your flank magically whenever you uh, discover your unique talent for zip it's investigating which is the the craziest thing I think I've ever seen yeah 
Also, I, I have a minor complaint about this. Okay. Uh, so we have Zip Storm, and then we have Pip Petals. Uh, they are sisters. They should have the same name. They they have different last names, and their dad is not present. So uh, I think that Queen Haven was, you know, I think there's a scandal in the Pegasus Kingdom. Oh no! I hope that's in the series finale episode that they discover that discusses, because that would be fantastic for this children's yeah. show. <laughs> oh God! Uh, it's turning into Never Have I Ever. Uh, <laughs> Matrey Ramakrishnan misses her dad. Oh no! Oh fuck! I mean, that'd be fine. That's a that's a fine idea. So yeah, um. The show happens. Uh, it treads a lot of water. I mean, they have to. They eventually explain the Earth Pony magic, and they eventually get the Earth Pony magic under control. And then Misty shows up, and she's like, "I'm going to take this this lantern because I think it holds all the magic." She can't take the lan- the lantern, so she tries to take the dragon, which has magic. And then she only catches like a dragon burp, which has a little bit of magic. And then Opalina's like, "This is a this is a good start to to magic. I I have been." Uh, given more magic now, I am slightly more mm-hmm. powerful. Look at me. I feel like you were just reading me the script for fucking Zork. Uh, could have also been Zardoz. <laughs> Do you know what Zork is? Are you aware of this? I don't know. It's I'm a not. weird nerd thing. No. Uh, Zork was like one of the first, I think, like commercially oh, successful video games adventures? it's a yeah it's a text yeah, adventure that's right and it's that shit where like you have to type in like uh, taketh yon flask you cannot taketh yon flask uh use dagger on flask uh, i don't know take this sword it is powerful <laughs> it's a weapon it's really powerful especially against living things Someone set us up. The bomb. Old video games are weird. Uh, yeah. What would you rate this? Would you rate this? Do, I don't know. I don't expect anybody who has ever listened to more than three minutes of our show to ever watch this. Yeah, uh, unless you're doing it as a goof like us. Um, I don't know. It's. I if I was babysitting Ashley's niece. I would probably put this show on and just have her sit in front of it mm-hmm. because that ate up about, what was it? About three hours of my time. Uh, and that would be the maximum amount of time I'd be expected to babysit a child. So there we go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I actually watched, uh this is these are my confessions uh i actually watched quite a bit of the fucking friendship is magic series um because uh-huh. like i don't know it was kind of like a more girly less irre- irreverent uh adventure time a little bit like it actually had some like decent jokes and like funny like it, decent plot lines and stuff Okay. Uh it was it was okay. It was a neat little show. Um this isn't as good as that, but it is not annoying. 
Like it's something that you can just no. sit and watch and it's fine. No. Uh, so by that standard, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you, you brought up the not annoying thing. That's actually like a good point because if a children's show is annoying, uh, you got real problems, but like if you yeah. can actually sit there and not like want to blow your brains out, that's that's pretty good for a kid show. Yeah. So like apparently like everybody in their 30s loves Bluey now. So it's like, I don't know. It's like that, I guess. It's yeah. Kid show that like. You don't have to fucking try to stab yourself to avoid it. Well. So. Uh, yeah, that's My Little Pony Make Your Mark Seasons 1 and 2 because Season 1 was a 45-minute special and then Season 2 was a bunch of 23-minute episodes because that yeah. makes sense. Well, it was just, uh, I don't know. They they bridged the gap between the movie and the show. It was it was a transitional, like, mini-arc. Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right. Uh, next week on the show... Uh, we will be reviewing the Mike Flanagan series, The Midnight Club, based off of a Christopher Pike book uh, that Ashley says it's strange that they're adapting a Christopher Pike book because he writes for young adults. Whatever. Uh, and on the back of that, we'll be doing a patron review for Just Short of Perfect from Chris Yaney. Uh, he wanted us to do Labyrinth or this movie, so I chose the movie he rated a one and a half. I'm sorry, a uh, one half star on Letterboxd. So 0.5. Zero point zero. Uh, also, point, point 0.5 was uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's GPA. Yeah, uh, it was 0.46, but close enough. Yeah. Well, it's as close as you can get in uh, movie ratings. That's true so yeah uh also patrons uh obviously that that uh note i made about yaney posting his uh thing that he wants us to watch uh is your your time to shine uh that means go over to our patreon at patreon.com slash netflix and swill and uh give us a movie to watch and also if it sounds like that's fun to you to make people watch things uh, you can contribute to us at patreon.com slash netflix and swill at the five dollar level and uh make us watch something on netflix yeah, uh, it doesn't have to be My Little Ponies, but, uh, you know, we'll watch it if you want us to. Or even sometimes if you don't. It's mainly going to be when you don't don't want us to watch My Little Pony. Because I don't even remember why we watched fucking the new generation in the first place. Uh, I think I just foisted it upon you because uh, I am a bastard. But like, I don't have any problems with that. That's fine. Like the movie was actually like enjoyable enough to where I wasn't like, oh, this is awful. I actually, you know, didn't want to kill you after we watched the movie. Yeah. And uh, if for some reason you like this show and our obscure references to Internet videos that nobody has watched, uh, please visit Netflix and Swill dot com. It's your one stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, you can also check out Rabbit Ears TV podcast and uh, Two Peas on a podcast. Uh, both shows doing regular content. Ashley has Brooklyn Nine-Nine coming up with Paul shortly, uh, and I will eventually be on in November for Gerald's show, Two Peas on a Podcast, 
talking about top five movie blonde spot, uh, blonde spots, blind spots, blonde spits. What <laughs> what what, what no, Marilyn Monroe swallows. has to do? <laughs> oh fuck! I just remembered that she she says that you have to swallow. You can't spit whenever you. She's with the president. Oh, oh god! Oh, no. Oh why why uh, Caleb? And if you like to collect Magic the Gathering cards, you can check out Stacking Triggers, a show that we haven't uh, made any content for in about two months. That's the show. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for coming over. You want to check out my collection of human body parts, do ya? <laughs> we didn't do enough <laughs> Milwaukee accent, and I'm a little upset about that, but also, that's just fine. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, which is, uh, how Nisi Nash felt about the police. Lady, if you don't stop calling, we're never gonna know where the real emergencies are. Fucking idiot, man. Until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.